Good morning, everyone. I know we're getting started a little late this morning. Uh, Sorry about that, but uh, we'll get going here with a song. If you guys want to rise with us, we'll open our service as we normally do. The words will be up on the screen. This is uh, Everlasting God. Strength arises when we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord as we wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord our God. You reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer. You are the God, you do not faint, you won't grow weary. You're the defender of the weak. You comfort those in need. You lift us up on wings like eagles. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord as we wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord our God. You reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer. You are the the everlasting God, you do not think you won't grow weary. You're the defender of the weak, you comfort those in need, you lift us up on wings like you're glad to be in God's house this morning, say amen. 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 It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. I see some of y'all fanning. I just checked the ACs. It says it's 70 in here, so they're working, I promise. But isn't it great to be in God's house? It's good to be back with you guys. I praise the Lord for each one of you. I was able to watch last week's service. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to kind of 
lift up our praise team. I know they're doing it for the Lord today. Last week, though, I, had a, I was in a, a, a native church. It was a great church up amongst the natives. But they play their music on CD. So you're hearing the real artists play it. And I think our guys are better than the real ones. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. God's blessed us. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father God, I just come before you and just thank you for this church family that we can gather together, that you've given us these folks that want to play music and lead us in praise. Those who want to come to Sunday school and worship. And as one body, we're just coming before you this day, Lord. And I just pray that that we will do everything that honors you, everything that glorifies you. Father, may it be a handshake, maybe be a song, maybe be a scripture reading. I don't know, but I pray that all that we do today Well, glorify who you are. And if there's somebody here today that does not know you, for whatever the reason may be, may this be the day they accept you. May they truly turn their hearts to you. And may they accept that you are Lord of Lords and King of Kings in their life. Father, may you touch each one of us. May you quicken us with with your word today. And God, we just give you all the honor and glory and praise. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Good seeing everybody this morning. Remember to be, we should have, uh, I'm going to continue to pray. There, the bikers, you see there's a lot, a lot of people not here. We got a lot of bikers that went to the Texas rally today. Hallelujah for that. But they're coming home, I mean this weekend. They're coming home today. So keep them in your prayers as well. But walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, and tell them it's good to see them in God's house this morning. Make the darkness hide. My 
faith is dead, I need a resurrection somehow. Now I'm lost in your God's not dead. Amen. He's roaring like a lion. And though I wasn't here last week, I know he was here and he was up there in Cochabu where I was at as well, because there was folks getting saved and people coming to Christ. And it's great to know that he is still roaring like a lion. Satan may try to make himself the loudest, but my God's louder. Amen. Hallelujah. Just a few announcements this morning. Uh, one of which there, there's some in here. I mean, they're all important, but the one I'm going to point out first for the first time ever, I think, is Sherry in here? My Sherry? She's hiding again. Okay, never mind. Well, I'm going to say it anyway. The boys are beating the girls on the fall festival candy. <laughs> no habla inglés. No habla. <laughs> anyway, guys, let's continue to be bringing the candy. Sherry's been posting some things. Fall Festival is coming closer than you think. It's coming quick. So we need to make sure we have the candy and everything in store and ready to, to present Christ to a community. Remember, this is one of our greatest outreaches. There's going to be a lot of folks that comes to Fall Festival that may not come any other time of the year or maybe just a couple other times. And this is an opportunity for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to share that smile, to share that grace, not to be holier than thou, but to reach in through service and let them know God loves you. 
And God loves the children as well. Amen? So one of the ways we do that is with the candy that gets handed out. And then that candy gets traded for toys. And the kids go home and say, man, it was great to be at that church. And and isn't it great that regardless whether it's candy, toys, or whatever, my God can redeem what the devil thought for bad and make it good and holy for him. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, There is a Sunday school teachers meeting today. I'm assuming right after the service, Annie. Is is it right after service today? Right after service today, the Old Town Days is coming up again. What we're going to do there, it's changed just a little bit. I believe that Sherry's asked for everyone to wear their blue uh, Sutherland Springs t-shirts and come out and ride the float. Also, if you don't have any of those t-shirts, that goes to support the youth uh, into the youth fund. And you can purchase those out front. There's some out front there. The candy... And the only other thing I think I'm going to share before I ask uh, Ted to come up first is to remember to pray for Ian. And Ian is on his bicycle trip and he is honoring God and he's using Sutherland Springs and the testimonies from Sutherland Springs to do so. As he rides across America from the north to the south, he is stopping every night trying to share Christ and then also too on Sundays in churches. So wherever he may be today, I pray that you... Uh, continue to lift him up in prayer that he will be able to share the testimony the way you would have him, uh, the way God would have him to share it where others will get that hope. What he is, he's sharing the gospel, but like I've been trying to share all over the country as well, is the hope that we have. People will always ask, how do y'all stay so happy? How is there so much hope down there? Because our hope doesn't reside in a building or in a person. My hope resides in Christ. Amen? And that's what he's going to be sharing this morning, wherever he may be. Okay, we got a couple of scripture readings this morning. Brother Ted came to me and asked if he could come up and share this morning as well. So, Brother Ted, come on up, brother. Father God, I just pray that you touch Ted in a special way and that we will hear what you have to say through him. Father, may you speak in a way that we will know that it was you and not Ted. Just bless his willingness to share what you've laid on his heart. And God, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank Thank you, brother. What did I say this morning like that? It's uh, been bothering me. I'm heavy on my heart for a long time like that. But you see all the appetizers on TV about feed the children in worldwide like that, you know, and we're building homes for people like that. But we have people, kids right here in America that get a little hungry at the bed every night. Well, I just heard on the news the other day that the estimate 130,000 people in California are homeless. That's just one state in the United States. We're supposed to be the top of the food chain. I mean, we're advancing more than any other nation. We've got what people want to come to the country like that for, for what we have. But yet, we're not taking our own. I mean, it, it, uh, it's, hard to say, it's hard to say a government like that. Like that, that uh, how, can, how can we get into a position where kids, you know, like that, with the, the kids without homes, like that, they're in foster care, they're in, in orphanages like that, or shelters. And it, uh, it hurts if you think about it all the time. It's something we need, we need to pray about daily to lift up our children in this country because other countries are not going to do it. We're praying for other countries, but I bet you not too many people can pray for our children. So we need, we need to lift them up like that daily. And you keep it on your heart like that, you know. No, no child in America go, go hungry at night like that. Actually, I, I should, with that prayer, Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day you gave us, Lord. 
Lord, it, it, it's been hurting my heart for a long time, Lord, and that's, I'm asking you, Lord, you're the, you're the great healer, healer like that, you're a great physician, you, you know everything, and you can cure this, Lord, like that. I just, but people listen to you, Lord, like that, and fiddle children, Lord, like, get, get, the, get people in the homeless, get them in the home to live in, and families like that. In your holy name, amen. The children unto the Lord. We need to be keeping our children in prayer. Absolutely. Amen. Brother Shane. Oh, lead back here. <laughs> Father God, I too, again, lift up shame to you as well. And this is Ted has shared about the children. And, and you're right. We should be praying for them and, and using all that you've given us to help reach into these families. That you now take whatever it is that you've laid on Shane's heart. And may we hear you through him now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church. Sorry, I stole David's line there. Um, I, how many of those? How many of those guys? How many of you have children or have grandchildren? You, pretty much all you're going to be able to relate to this. Uh, I have a video I want to start off with. Perhaps Morgan bring it up. had to search for that video um anyway i got the whole i get the pleasure of holding my granddaughter every day when i get home from work i take a shower i sit down in my chair and i get to hold her and uh i was thinking to myself just how much she depends on her mom and me and julie and our family just to hold her and love her and keep her safe and warm and fed just know that she just counts on us and i started thinking that that's how god that's how we look to god we look for him to clean up our messes, to clean up our hearts and our, our broken things we do wrong. We look for him to healing, for healing. And uh, we just always look up for him to, for strength. And Sorry, I lost myself here. Uh, anyway, he just provides for our needs and comfort us, and he, always fe- he doesn't fear our mess, and he always comes and helps. Um, but the scripture I'm going to be reading is Philippians 4.19. And my God supply, will supply all your needs according to his rich and glory in Christ Jesus. And it's short, it's short, that's a short scripture, but it, it's home. 
because he will always take care of us as believers. And I just uh, I thank, thank him for his mercy and his uh, guidance. Um, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for watching over us and providing for our every need. We thank you for our salvation in the blood of Christ that covers us. We are your children. We may not be able to do everything by ourselves, so we look to you, Lord. May your will be done in our lives every day. Amen. All right. Well, let's get back to singing. Guys, stand or take a comfortable position of worship. We're going to sing, I Know Whom I Believed. While God's wondrous grace to me He has made known Nor why unworthy Christ in love redeemed Before His own But I know I am believing And am persuaded That He is able To keep that which I committed Unto Him against that day
This is uh, open the eyes of my heart. Holy, 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 holy,
glory. Pour out your power in us. We sing holy, holy, holy. High and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power in love. As we sing holy, holy, holy.
May we always imagine you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can grab a seat this morning. I'm sorry? I've got something for you. You're a Trump supporter, right? Depends. Depends? Yeah. Any loyal Trump supporter ought to have a pair of Trump socks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. They smell used. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. It's the day for socks. If you didn't know, somebody got, I can't put my foot on that, can I? However, I got Yogi Bear socks on today too. Amen. Well, that was different. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 2. After Ted's coming up and sharing this morning, and then with uh, Shane coming up, I feel as though I should have a message on children. However, I don't. I mean, I don't. However, we are children to God. Amen? And as children, we should always look to Him, and we should be looking to grow. And that's kind of what the message entails this morning that I feel as though God's laid on my heart. Because you see, the Bible... To me, or to anyone, in reality, I should say, this Bible, the Bible, not just this specific book, I'm saying the Bible in general as a whole, is an amazing book. It is absolutely amazing. But for whatever reason, we so often treat it like a textbook, merely teaching the the, the academic truths within it. But folks, I would share with you this morning... It's easy to get bored if you're reading something that you think is a textbook. But if we really was to come to the Bible with the heart of God, I think what we would see, rather than a textbook, I think of it more along the lines of a a children's pop-up book. Amen? It gives us glimpses. It shows us illustrations into the very heart and soul of the people who are spoken of therein. It mentions the, the very heart and soul of the people who poured out who they are in here. The Psalms, for instance. So they were not written for us merely to, to sing ritualistically in church. That's not what David did. He was bearing his, his, his soul to us. When we read the Psalms, we should be realizing as we read that, that he is opening up his heart. He is, he is pouring out his feelings, his, 
his emotions, the, the very thought of who he is, he is. He's given us his depression. He's given us his frustration as well as his triumphs and his exultations. When we read the book of Psalms, we should see the heart of David. When we read the Gospels, we should see the heart of the apostles. When we read the life of Christ, we should see the life of Christ. It's not an academic exercise to read the Bible. We should be going to the Scripture and allowing the Holy Spirit to move within us and manifest Himself within our hearts and within our minds that it moves beyond this academic right here to this emotional aspect and with that heart really choose I want to know him. We have become so concerned, I'm afraid, with knowing what the Bible teaches. I'm saying the the dogmatics of it. We, We want to have formulas. I'm going to read the Bible so I can say, if I do this, 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 and this, then God has to do this, 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 and this. Or if I perform these five steps, then I'm going to get this in return. And we approach the Bible. The natives I was with this past week, they say in a very westernized view, I was able to spend time with people who truly hunger for the word of God, who truly want to hear and hang on every word that's being spoken. And I thought, what's the difference? When I was flying back on the airplane, I was like, why? What is such the difference between these native people that I'm with and those down in the lower 48? And I thought, because we so badly want to just figure things out and formalize the word of God. Rather than truly looking at it and, 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 and studying with our hearts. I think we have forgotten. We know the dogmatics, but we forgot how to learn and, and, and do what the Bible teaches. It's one thing to have it here. But to truly act it out in the grace and mercy of God, we have to have it here. We have to want to see God. We want to hear God. Now, as many of you know, I did spend the last couple of weeks on the northern slope in Alaska. And, I, and yes, I got to do some hunting, but I was also ministering to the Inupiaq tribe, the people that were there. And, the, and it kind of dawned on me after we landed and my lungs melted after feeling the Texas air after I walked out of the airport. Christy asked me, we got in the car, Christy picked Pat and I up and she asked me, she said, so what was the greatest thing of the trip? What was your memory of the trip? I, I can't remember the exact question, but something of that sense. What, what was good about the trip? And I thought about that. She kind of jarred me just a little bit because though it was a successful trip and I, and I was able to harvest a beautiful animal at the early of the trip, the best part to me was the ministering amongst the people. We had an incredible church service. We were able to interact. And throughout the rest of the, the, that following week, a little more than a week, just walking around the village and, and praying with the elders and, and working with the young adults and the youth that was there in the, in the, in the, in the village there in the city, it was incredible. And the ministry, just watching how these people hung there. And I thought, why is it like this? You know, I was, I was, I was accepted and able to, to share the word of God and the people were hungry to hear the word. And I was just flabbergasted. And I thought, if we down in the States would just adhere to the word, if we would want to live the word like these people want to live the word, it would be incredible. People come to know Christ that night on that last Sunday and, and Lance got up and gave a longer, another altar call because the spirit of God was moving and people were coming in prayer and they were moving. And folks, it wasn't about anything I did. It was just the fact that they wanted to know this Christ that the Bible spoke of. Hallelujah. The people throughout the village, they wanted to hear the word of God. 
They wanted to know, who is this God? And the rest of the time I was there, I was able to interact more and more with the people. And every time, whenever we started talking about the Scripture, any time I brought up the Bible, you could just feel the presence of God because you'd see these people and they were, where we were at, oftentimes there's those, those colored chairs like you see in children's rooms, the, the little plastic hard chairs. But yet the adults and the young people alike would be literally, we talk about a figure of speech. We talk about when we go to the movies, we're on the edge of our seat. But as I'd be speaking to them, I could see them. They literally were edging up to the edge of their seat, wanting to hear everything that we had to say. And I thought, how powerful that is. They get it. They understand that the Word of God is not just an academic exercise. That, that, God, that people were accepting and listening to what was being said because they understood that it wasn't about who was speaking. It wasn't about the building we were in. It wasn't about what part or location of the world that we were sitting or standing upon at the time. It was about Christ and what He's done for us. It was about God. It was about grace. It was about mercy. Yes, it was about righteousness as well. But they wanted to learn, how do we live this way? They wanted the, the, not the five points and a close. They didn't want to know the, the, how the, the equation works. Do four of these and you'll get three of these. They didn't want to know all that. They just wanted to draw closer to God. When we look at the book of Proverbs, I think we find... An understanding of what our attitude should be. And this was the attitude I saw being displayed in them, whether young or old. I think that the attitude that we as Christians should approach the scriptures with needs to change. It needs to go away from this, this looking for the equations, looking for the fix. We, we are fixers. We want everything to fit right in our nice little mathematical mold. Or we want it to fit in this nice organized OCD prop platform that we put down here. And that's not the way God works. Why? Because God deals with the hearts of men. And guys, our hearts are different. Each one of us has a different look on things sometimes. And because of that, his word still speaks to every one of us. You can't fit him. You can't shove God into a box. So the message I feel like God's laid on my heart this morning is what is the treasure that we should be hunting? You know, yes, I was hunting, and yes, I, I harvested a beautiful animal, but that's nothing compared to the true treasure that we should be hunting down and applying to our lives. What is it that I should really, if I'm going to live my life in the, on this side of glory, these 60, 70, 80 years that God's going to give me, however long it may be, what should I truly be hunting for? What is it that God has desired for me? What's the attitude that I should be hunting with? In chapter 2, look at, let's read chapter 2 together. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commandments within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding, furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you will seek it like silver and search for it like a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and, the discoverer, and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up success for the upright. He is a shield for those who live with integrity so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the way of his loyal followers. Then you will understand righteousness, justice, and integrity, every good path. For wisdom will enter your mind and knowledge will delight your heart. Discretion will watch over you and understanding will guard you, rescuing you from the way of evil. 
from the one who says perverse things, from those who abandon the right paths to walk in the ways of darkness, from those who enjoy doing evil and celebrate perversity, whose paths are crooked and whose ways are devious. It will rescue you from a forbidden woman, from a stranger with her flattering talk, who abandons the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her ways to the land of the departed spirits. None return who go to her. None reach the paths of life. So follow the way of good people and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those of integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous uprooted from it. Hallelujah. In verse 1 there says, My son, if you will accept my words and store up my commandments within you. You see, folks, true, the true treasure that we should be seeking, the true treasure that we have on this side of glory, I believe, is to follow and find true wisdom. Because true wisdom will not only guide our lives, it will lead us to salvation. It will lead us to a godly lifestyle. It will lead us in a lifestyle that will be blessed from God. True wisdom comes from following God's word. It ha- but that wisdom, as we shared in Sunday school kind of this morning, that wisdom doesn't just come when you walk down the aisle and say a prayer. The true wisdom of God has to be sought out. We have to put effort into it. It's not ability. It takes the, the, the industry and effort and sincerity of a heart that truly wants to seek out God. It's not that you can read well. It's not that you can study well. It's not that you can put together mathematical equations and numerology out of theology. What really and truly is the treasure that we should be seeking out is the wisdom of God. Solomon starts out here with the word if. Now, you could say, well, that's just a, an, an if-then statement, but that's not what Solomon was saying. This was a, it was a desirative expression. In other words, he was saying, oh, my son, if, the desire of a father here, if you will accept my words. And he says that to you and I still today. If you will accept, if you will wrap your heart around it. He is writing that he desires that we will learn to seek out that wisdom. He knows. Solomon knows that wisdom is the most important thing. If you remember uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, when when Solomon is writing, he says, Wisdom is supreme, therefore seek out wisdom. Though it will cost you everything, it will give you understanding. Hallelujah. Folks, we should be seeking out wisdom above any material things. Above any other things should be wisdom. We should say, God, what would you have me to do? In Proverbs 16, 16, when Solomon is still writing to you and I, he says, how much better it is to choose wisdom over gold, to choose understanding rather than silver. No, it doesn't matter how much gold and silver you have. If you are not walking in godly wisdom, then you are going to have a horrible life. It's not what kind of car you drive or the job you have or how big your house is. It's not about how much tangible things you can put your hands on. It is finding and seeking the wisdom of God. Remember when God asked Solomon that that, that when he first became king, he said, what would you have? What would you pray to me about? And Solomon said, give me wisdom to lead your people, O God. And God not only gave him wisdom, but with that wisdom then came all the earthly things. Solomon knew the importance of wisdom, but he said, if you will what? Accept 
And the word here actually means to receive graciously, to welcome it, to open arms to it. So what Solomon was telling us here is if you will willingly open arms, graciously wrap this around, wrap your heart around wisdom. Now we know in James 1.5 it says wisdom's given by God. Amen. But when that wisdom is given, we have to accept it truly. I kind of was thinking about a picture. How could I illustrate that? How many times has somebody given us a present at Christmas and we say thank you and we accept it knowing full well that tomorrow I'm trading this in on something else? That's not the kind of wisdom God's talking about. He's saying, what if you were that man that was dying of thirst and you were out in the middle of a desert and somebody offered you a glass of water? You're going to want that water. You're going to beg for that water. You, you desire that water. But you've got to glean wisdom to get the water. There's a story that's told of the, these men were out in the desert. They were thirsty and they see an oasis and they're getting close to the oasis. And all of a sudden they come across this guy and he's, he's selling ties for $100 each. And they said, you're crazy. We're not going to give you $100 for a tie. We want to go get some water. No, I'm telling you, just just listen to my wisdom. You need a tie to get the water. No, I don't. I see the prize. I'm just going to the prize. Well, they get to the oasis and find out it's gated and only people with ties can get in. If they'd listened to the wisdom of the man along the way, they could have the goal that was set before them. When we just kind of haphazardly push the wisdom of God to the sides, thinking, oh, I'm just getting to heaven... You're taking the hard way, the rough way. You're thirsting and don't even realize it oftentimes. But when we will search out and root out the word of God and say, Lord, help me me glean this wisdom. That's when our lives will change. That's when things move around us. Do we truly desire wisdom like a thirsty man, like with a starving heart? That's what Solomon is telling us here. If you will truly desire with all your heart, then take this wisdom. And he says, store it up. Hide that treasure. See, that again, wisdom is a treasure. It's kind of like American Express. You don't leave home without it. We need to put our heart around the wisdom of God. Not just, I'm going to read this because it said to read my Bible in a year, I have to read this chapter. Did it, done, click, next to page. That's not gleaning wisdom. That's not seeking out treasure. That's just getting something knocked off on your check to-do list. When we read the Bible, we should come to it without seeking a formula and say, God, here I am. I want to obtain wisdom. I, I, I want what you will give me. I I want that receptive faith, Lord God. Just open your heart to me, Lord, because I'm opening my heart to you. Folks, the quest for true wisdom is not an academic exercise. It is a spiritual exercise. And we should be hunting with all that we are. We should open this word. We should go to bed at night wanting to get up tomorrow and read something in the Bible. We should want to desire truth. And when we desire that truth and God makes it known to us, then we act upon that. If we don't act upon it with our hearts, then yes, the Bible is always going to seem like a dry, boring book. When people come to me and they say, I can't read the Bible, it's just too incredibly boring. What's your desire? Why are you desiring to read the Bible? Because people tell me to. Wrong desire. You should desire to read the book because you want to go closer to the one who gave his life for you. When you realize that God is speaking his love letter to you and I, when you realize that, well, I'm not reading this Bible to appease David Kobath. I'm not reading this Bible to appease Frank. I'm not reading this Bible because my little Rolodex thing tells me I have to right today. 
When you realize that the wisdom of God is going to grease the pathways of life so I can smoothly go through it, when you realize that you're honoring God, when you see that God is there with you, that's when your heart is going to open up to it. But Frank, why do I have to store all this up? Why do I have to hunt all this stuff and store it inside? When you read something today, that teaching might not be immediately useful. You might go to a, a, a service such as this or a Sunday school class and say, well, I don't really have those issues. I don't really need that right now. What God may be doing is sharing that wisdom with you that you should open your heart and graciously store up as best as you can because he's preparing you for what's coming next week that you have no idea about. He's preparing you for that lifestyle change that's coming or that child that's come into your life that all of a sudden you need to do this or do that. Whatever it may be, rather than just saying, oh, that service today, I'm going to go have some chopped preacher and go home. No, every time we open or hear the word of God, we should listen attentively. God, what is it you would have me to hear? And over the years, as you store this up, one day something's going to happen in your life and all of a sudden that comes back. Verses you didn't even realize you knew start coming out of your mouth. Heart Actions and feelings start taking place. And you're like, where is this coming from? It's coming from the wisdom that you graciously accepted and stored in your heart. And that on this day, now, it is needed. That's why Solomon says here, listen sharply. It's like when a dog lifts its ears. It's truly listening. It means to exercise that listening skill with energy, to give careful attention When I read a passage of Scripture, I should stop and say, what did God say? How does it apply to my heart? I shouldn't just read it and say, yeah, that was cool, and move on. I just say, God, what are you trying to tell me here? That means the whole inner being of who we are should be seeking that wisdom. We should be looking and saying, God, what do you have to tell me? Where am I needing to go with this? If you're just reading to get your attendance card punched, you have a very formalized, academic, boring way of looking at the Bible. And God says, that's not me. Take your heart. Go with your whole inner being. When you, if, 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 you will not find wisdom if you're just trying to do it haphazardly. If you're just casually seeking it, it's not going to be there. A theological search without involving the heart is nothing more than just an academic lesson like if you were sitting in school again. The question comes that we need to ask ourselves is, do I really put my whole heart into the Word of God? Proverbs 2. I could see that being one that we just quickly read through and move on to Proverbs 3 or go to a different direction. Or, you know, there's 31 Proverbs, so I read my Proverbs for October 2nd. I already got it down. But did we stop and say, Lord, what are you trying to show me? Oh, I've read that proverb. I'm 53 years old. I've read it for 50 years. We're good. You know, I know that proverb. Every time I read it, I should stop and say, Lord, what are you trying to show me? Where is the wisdom in this? Men, we will spend all kinds of time getting our hunting gear ready. We'll go and we'll watch all the the outdoor shows and go to to Sport Academy or Sportsman's Warehouse. And we get all our stuff ready and, and figure out all our strategies to go out and hunt our deer or whatever the animal may be. Or we get all our fishing gear and we got all our poles lined out. We know what line is on which pole and what lure is on which pole because we're, what lake I'm going to go to to catch this fish. And we'll put all this energy in learning about our hunting trips, our fishing trips, or 
or whoever the homemaker may be, be may lay out all the ads and check out every sale and, and make out every strategy to get all the right deals, to get everything in the house so that I can stock my kitchen and my living room and do all these things. Whatever it is that is, is your forte, if you will stop and look at how much time you put into that hunting, how much time in gathering up your equipment, how much time in studying the tactics thereof, do you apply that much time to the studying of God's Word? Because that's where the real hunting is. It's not on ads and sales. It's not on what, where in the best patch for a whitetail to come out. It's not about what is the best lake to fish in. This is the best opportunity to get the best treasure and hide it in our hearts than anything that man has ever created. And we should apply that same, amen, we should apply that same amount of effort to studying God's Word. You know what Isaiah 29 verse 13, I know I'm throwing lots of verses out at you this morning, but they're rolling in my head. But Isaiah 29, 13, it breaks my heart every time I think of this passage of Scripture because God is looking out on the people through Isaiah and He says, These people come near to me with their mouths and with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Ouch! These people will come near to me with their mouths and their lips, but their hearts are far from me. How many times have we read the Scripture and we use our mouths and our lips but our hearts are far from him. The next part of that verse says, all they will do is follow the rules of men. How many churches follow the rules of men? Isaiah 29, 13. Go back and read that. Highlight it later. Because I think you will see that that fits us today. We get in our churches, we build our, our four walls, we break out our agendas, and we, we put everything together, and this is how you have church. And God says, where, where am I at in all this? Well, I'm going to start a Bible study, Lord, so that you can be, be glorified only in this Bible study. And then we go into this Bible study, and we break it down, and we break down the academic aspects of it. And we forget to pray, or we forget to ask the Holy Spirit, or we don't even direct the Holy Spirit at all to come into this class. And again... We honor him with our mouths and our lips. But the people's hearts are far away from them for they follow the rules made by men. Guys, when we open the scripture, we should open it with our hearts. Before we open our Bible to read, maybe lay a hand on it and say, Father, I pray right now that you open my eyes. Open my heart to what it is you would have me to say today. And somebody may say, oh, you're just reading one passage of Scripture. You're just doing the Bible in a year thing. You don't have to go through all that, folks. That's Satan whispering in your ear. You're doing a noble thing. You're reading the Bible. Surely Satan can impede that. You know, you're reading the Bible. If Satan can whisper in your ear to do it with the ways of men, you're not doing anything but honoring with your mouth and your lips. And God desires our heart. Think of a man who's lost in the woods. We, we talked a lot, that, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with these people and they, they do a lot of trapping up there and a lot of hunting. They're a substance people. They, they live of what they catch and what they eat. But think of a man who's walking through the woods and possibly he steps in a bear trap that he didn't know that someone had set out there. You know what he's going to do every time he hears somebody walking down the pathway? He is going to yell out with all that he has. He's going to cry out. Hey, I need help. That's what Solomon is saying here. He says, furthermore, if you call out to insight, lift your voice to understanding. In other words, we should go to the study with all our heart. And if we don't understand it, 
then we should call out for help. That person who steps in a bear trap understands my life depends on somebody coming and getting me out of this trap. And what Solomon is saying, our life depends on calling out to God and saying, Father, come show me what it is you're trying to teach me today. Come show me what it is that you want me to apply to my life today. Folks, when we approach reading the word of God, it should be done so in such a fashion that I'm not humoring anyone. I'm not even trying to humor God. I come to this with a heart saying, God, I need help to be what you've called me to be, both in heart, soul, and body. And I'm calling out to you, Lord, give me knowledge. Remember the parable of the lost coin? We should continually be seeking. The young lady in Luke chapter 15, it says that she's got 99 coins, but she's lost one. So she sweeps and turns on all the lights and sweeps and searches her whole house until finally she finds it. And then what does she do? Does she just toss it with the other 99? No, it says that she calls up all the people and says, come with me, come out here. Rejoice with me, for I have found the lost coin. Guys, when we are truly studying the word of God, we're going to realize it's not about silver and gold. It's about finding that lost nugget, that that bit of wisdom that God wanted us to have. And all of a sudden, it's like, I want to call everybody. Some of you, I bet, could attest to this, that you've been studying the Word of God and something comes out and it's like, man, I'm going to call somebody. It's three in the morning. I don't care. I'll wake David up. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> but I have called people and, and, and said, I, I am just absolutely dancing around the office right now. I've read this a hundred times, but listen to what God just showed me. And I'll do that because I want to make sure, one, that I'm not making something up. Two, I want to be held accountable. But three, I can't wait to share the treasure that I have. We're quick to talk about a rifle we bought or a new motorcycle we bought. But are we just as quick to share the treasures, the real treasure that God shows us? We should be. But as long as we come to this book with academics, guys, we should search. And when I say search, I mean search for that treasure. You think of somebody, think, think of people who find sunken ships. Do you think they just haphazardly go out and say, hey, look, that's a good place for maybe a sunken ship. Throw the anchor, let's get rich. No, there's a lot of research. They check ship manifests. They, they look and study the currents and the storms and, 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 and search where would this ship possibly have gone down. And they look into the history of it and they search it out and they prepare so they can understand when they get to a spot I think this might be the place. And then when they go down, there's still more effort. There's still more work. we got to find these, these things. Hidden treasure is not found just haphazardly walking across the field, at least very rarely. Finding treasure means that we search. It means that we, we persevere. There is an effort that's required. When we read the Word of God, there should be an anticipation within us. I am looking for that treasure. I know it's in here. I know God's put it in here, and I'm going to hunt it out. What I'm trying to say this morning, guys, is wisdom is the greatest treasure God has ever given us. And we need to put in effort to find that wisdom. Don't expect the pastor sharing a a passage of Scripture is going to give you all the wisdom that you need. Don't expect, oh, I, I listened to a worship song, so I got all the wisdom I need. I watched a TV preacher, and so I got everything I need. Guys, you really want something, you will go out and do what it takes to get it. If you really want wisdom, it's going to take effort. 
not just an academic formula so that you can say, I did this, this, and this. Now God has to do that, that, and that. No. It's going to take a daily growth. Sister Pam shared in Sunday school this morning how she used to sing to her children, God's still working on me. Hallelujah. You know why? Because he is. Every day we should grow a little bit closer to him. Every day he's still working on me. But when I choose to ignore him or when I choose to just haphazardly uh, take what he has to say, that's just another day he's going to have to beat on that area of my life. Where if I will truly, as Solomon says, accept it graciously and store these treasures up in my heart. Then we can say like Paul did in Philippians 3.10. He says, so that I may know Christ. When we start looking at the Bible so that I may know Christ. When our goal is to find wisdom. When our goal is to seek out the true gift of God, is to know God, is to to have that righteous fear of God. When I read the Bible, not to appease somebody or to to fulfill a, a quota, but when I read it to truly seek out God, wisdom is going to be made manifest. Deliverance is going to be made manifest. Salvation is going to be made manifest in our lives. There may be those of you in here this morning that says, I accepted Christ. I've known him for many years. I've strayed away from the church. Or maybe I've accepted Christ, but this one area in my life I still struggle with. And I, it, it shackles me. I am shackled to this sin. There's nothing I can do about it. It's, it's just the way I am created, I hear people say. Or, or, or the devil makes me do it. Or whatever excuse or whatever outline you want to put there, I would share with you this morning that when you diligently seek out the grace and the mercy and the love and the power and the wisdom of God, He will show you a pathway to deliverance. But you have to make effort. It doesn't just happen. I, I praise God for some people it does. You know, I've shared before, uh, Brother Dennis, who's no longer with us, he used to laugh when he'd sit by me and say, God took drinking from me just like that. Took me a long time. And I'd tell him, that's not very fair. But hey, who am I? I'm not God. Folks, Joshua, I think it's chapter 1, verse 8 in me. No, it is. It's chapter 1, verse 8. But he says, do not let the book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it. Meditate on it day and night and be careful to do what it says. Why? Because he says, then you will be prosperous and fruitful. What does that mean? I'm going to meditate on the word of God. It's not going to leave my mouth, I mean, removed from me because that's going to make me prosperous and fruitful. What makes me prosperous and fruitful is the wisdom of God. Of God. Does that mean I'm going to have earthly fruits and earthly prosperity? I'd rather store up treasures in heaven where the thief nor the moth nor rust can corrupt. Folks, this morning, why should we hunt so diligently? Because it's God who gives. But he says, I give, but you must accept it graciously. You might need to open your arms and wrap your arms around it. The sweet thing is, That when we do that, when we allow our whole heart to come around to him, he's going to be there. Look at Proverbs 3, just one page over. My son, don't forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commands. For they will bring you many days, a full life, a well-being. 
Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. But think about Him in all your ways and He will guide you on the right paths. Verse 4, then you will find favor and high regard. First of all, in the sight of God and then in man. That's the treasure. When we put the wisdom of God's word, let's break away from, as I said, they call it up there, that westernized theology. Let's break away from looking at this as an academic book and look at it like a pop-up book that God's just trying to show us the beautiful colors and the lives and the lessons that he is going to teach us. Let's go back to taking this book and enjoying it the way a child enjoys that, that pop-up book. Rather than taking it and say, oh gosh, i got to study. When we let God speak to us in the love of a father to a child, because that's what he is, he's our Abba. When we let the father speak to us as a child, he's not going to beat us over the head with this. He wants to say, Frank, look what I got for you today. Look at this castle that pops up and this shining knight that goes running through and slays the dragon. Oh, his name is Jesus. But look what else he's going to do for you while he's slaying that dragon. Look what he's going to do to you while you're, you're milling about the castle and you're going to come in. Oh, turn the page, Frank, because now there's a story that's about to come up and you're going to be a part of this story. Oh, but, but I'm not there. I'm not with Jesus. No, but Jesus is with you. And because he's with you and this is your time and this is your place and this is where you're at. Look at how it's going to pop up. Look what God's going to do for you. And all of a sudden, it's not academic. It's not verse so-and-so anymore. I'm reading the story. I don't see the numbers any longer. I don't see the periods and the commas any longer. I see me putting on that armor of God. I see me drawing the sword of the spirit and the shield of the faith. And all of a sudden, I'm in a picture book and I'm going forth and there's Jesus right there in front of me and all of a sudden I'm a part of the story and when it's all said and done and I sit back in my chair I don't say oh I read my Bible it's like man that was great and that's because we know who he is and you may say Frank's lost it if that's how he reads his Bible every day but why don't we this is his love letter to us not his hammer This isn't Thor's hammer to nail us down into the ground. This is God's dove of grace and mercy to carry us up. And when we quit looking at it as a hammer and look at it as the love of God, the wisdom will take place in a way you understand it. Pastor, I can't read it because I don't understand it. I'm not asking you to make a theological hermeneutic essay about it. What did it mean to you? Now let's talk about that a little bit. Hallelujah, that sounds great. Now I may walk away and think he's got a lot more he's going to learn, but praise God, he's there right now. This morning, the question I would submit to you is how do you treat this book? Do you seek that treasure of God's wisdom? Or is that something you have to read because your wife told you to? Is that something that you have to read because you want to get that check mark in God's box up there so when you get up there you get a little gold star by your name or something you think? Because Solomon had it right. My son, if you will accept the teachings 
and store up the wisdom of God in your heart and cry out for understanding, then your life will run well with you. And then you have the entire rest of the chapter that happens if we will do that. Where are you this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then the one who's going to tell you the story is just outside your grasp. You see, the one who can really tell you the story can do so because he has defeated death, hell, and the grave that rules over this world. See, man fears death. And because of that fear, we can't come into that presence of such a godly wisdom. But if we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he who defeated death, hell, and the grave. For you see, the wages of sin is death. And all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. But when we realize that Christ, he who knew no sin, became our sin, shed his blood on that cross. And now through the blood of the righteous one, I can now have that salvation and atonement. For he said, whomsoever believes that I am the son of God without sin. It, the one who believes I was crucified and rose again on the third day. Any who believe that and profess that with their mouth, so shall they be saved. That is the man who defeated death. Death no longer has a sting for the sin. The sting was the, sin, the wages of sin, of sin. But it no longer has a sting for those who have accepted him. Because the wages have been paid. And then all of a sudden, he can speak to you as his child. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, his sacrifice he made for you, then you can go before the world. And God said, this world's a horrible, scary place, but be of good cheer, for I have conquered the world. Folks, this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've been, and you may say, but I've been reading the Bible. You've been reading it with an academic textbook approach. Let's get back to reading the Bible the way God would have you to read it. And the only way you're going to do that is to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For understanding comes by the Spirit, and the Spirit comes from hearing. This morning, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you'll make that choice and that decision today to accept him into your life. Now, I'm not just saying a prayer. Folks, there has to be a turning. There has to be a repentance. If that salvation is real, you're headed this way, and God's headed this way. You may say a prayer, but you know what's going to happen? It's going to keep doing like this unless you turn and go the same way and lock arms with him. And then the two shall become one, and you'll become a new creation because Christ abides within you. If you've never accepted Christ, I pray that you'll make that happen today. If you're here and you realize I've accepted him, but I've been all wrong about reading the Bible, you're welcome to pray where you're at. This altar's open or I can pray with you. But make a commitment in your heart today. I want to seek out wisdom more than a contextual equation. I want to know what God wants me to know. Hallelujah. Where are you at this morning? I'm going to ask us to stand and I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. If God is speaking to you, I pray that you will hear and listen to what he says. If he's telling you to sing, sing. If he's telling you to pray with your neighbor, pray with your neighbor. If he's telling you to come to this altar, come to this altar. If he's telling you to come down and let, and, and let me pray with you, then do that. But let's all of us, in, each one of us, leave this place today knowing 
that we chose to do what God called us to do and make the commitment to walk in wisdom. In Jesus' name. Father God, I do come before you today. And I pray that, Lord, as we are gathered in this place, Satan may be trying to take our mind to to the temperature in the room or lunch that's waiting or a meeting that's ahead. I pray that you will block all those things from us. And may we truly just hear your word, your will today. Help us to seek your wisdom, God. For when the closer we draw to your wisdom, the less I think we'll have those mess-ups in our life. The less we'll say the wrong words. The less we'll do the wrong actions. Because we'll hear your voice in the back of our minds and that still small voice will speak healing onto us. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you touch the hearts that are here. Again, Lord, if there's someone that does not know you, whether they've been in church, this is their first day or their hundredth day or their hundredth year, may they accept you before it's too late. May your will be done, Father. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God's speaking to you, will you move upon that today? Rid me of myself, 
that God's working with you about this morning, I pray that you will get that straight before you leave here. But maybe God's telling you to go find your spot at your house, or maybe go down to the, the Cibolo or the, the San Antonio River, wherever it is, and just sit in the still quiet of God and listen to what it is he has to say. I think we have gotten so caught up in thinking we have to get the academics right that we forgot the love of God in the midst of it. Let's go back to feeling that love that Christ has for us. Amen? Now understand, when I talk about the love of God, I'm not saying a pie in the sky and everything's powder puff. He's a righteous God. He loves you enough that those whom he loves, he chastises as well. But he does love you more than a school marm would that's telling you to study this book. He loves you enough to say, say I want to give you the wisdom within this book. Amen? Good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. Marsha, come on up. Marsha's coming this morning, and she said she's ready to take on the yard work. The, oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she's coming this morning, and she said that she feels led by the Lord. She knows Jesus Christ, her Lord and Savior. She's been baptized, and she's coming this morning and said she wants to join this body and be a part of this membership. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Stormy, you want to come stand with Marsha for just a minute and close us in prayer. And Guys, you come give Marsha a hug and just let her know it's good to see her, that she's a part of God's family. Already was a part of God's family, but now she's a part of our family. Amen. 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 God bless you, sister. Got me.
and for all the people that you gather together every week to worship you, and I ask for you that we depart from your house and we don't depart from your presence. That you go with us and help us in all that we do and help us to share Jesus Christ with someone throughout the world. Oh God, people Let love explode and bring the dead to life. Love so bold to see a revolution somehow. Let love explode and bring the dead to life. Love so Shake the ground with the sound of revival and heaven roll and fire fall. Come shake the ground with the sound of revival. Let heaven roll. 
with the sound of revival. My God's not dead, he's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. God's not dead, he's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. God's not dead, he's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. God's not dead. Surely alive, he's living on the inside, roaring like a lion, roaring, he's roaring, he's roaring like a lion, he's roaring, he's roaring, he's roaring like a lion. 